what does your Friday night look like? Maybe you watch SmackDown, and maybe you don't, because hey, it's Friday night. Well, starting in August, AEW will join the competition for your attention when they introduce their new show, Rampage. Will you watch another hour of wrestling, even if it's on Friday nights? My name is Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about wrestling's second show. What made them successful? What made them tank? John DeConnie's in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 20, 2021, where we work together to understand all that's happening in wrestling. We're going to talk about AEW's Rampage. Yes. So here's the news, John. Starting August 13th, 2021, AEW is going to have a new weekly series airing at Fridays on 10 called Rampage. Starting in 2022, AEW Dynamite's moving to TBS. TNT has committed to four annual AEW specials on TNT. And PW Insider has said that the word going around the around is that this new deal is worth eight figures to, to AEW. So it's a really big number but we don't know if that's over four years two years whatever yeah but financially very good for aew john what do you think of aew's new television deal i think it's fantastic that turner broadcasting is all in on this product there's not okay we've got a two-year deal and let's see what's coming down the pike they are all in on this product and that what could be better to know that you have this secondary company and they are locked in they're not going away they're not you know walking on eggshells they don't have to do wacky things like give you goldberg and hogan on free tv right before a pay-per-view because they're dying for ratings they're doing their share with the radio you know, they're doing pretty good in the ratings they they this is just it's just good news it's good news for wrestling on the whole it is good news and Eight figures, that's a billion dollars. And like I said before, I don't know if that's over four years or two years or that's this year. I know the WWE deals, each of them, the SmackDown deal, the Raw deal, and the Peacock deal, those were for a billion dollars over four years. So it stands to reason that might be somewhat of an industry standard, but I'm really talking from a place I, I don't know the details on. But point being is that Tony Khan said that the financial upside of the new agreement gives them the opportunity to continue and invest in AEW to serve the most important people in the industry, the fans, the wrestlers, the staff, and the sponsors. So I think this is really, this is a really good signal. I think that AEW has the second show coming. They promised this for a long time. They've got it. They've got all the negotiations done. It seems like everything's going down the right path. But here's me being a naysayer. But second shows aren't always great. And I have a I have some reservations. I have some concerns. First and foremost, worry number one, 10 p.m. on a Friday night in the middle of the summer for the debut. Oh that, that, that was a head scratcher for me. The week's already filled up. You've got five days of wrestling already. So if you were going to tack on anywhere, like Friday, I know Friday's had a little bit of a resurgence. You get some, you get the the Netflix releases so people can binge over the weekend and whatnot. So Friday TV is not as much of a dead spot as it used to be. But Friday at the tail end of primetime, like 
just, why wouldn't you tack it on to Wednesday or Thursday? I, it, it just seems like an odd decision to me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a rough spot. I guess the pandemic itself has improved probably at home watching on Fridays. And it also doesn't run up against SmackDown. They also have Monday programming, Tuesday programming, Wednesday programming. We know from the example that Raw has set that third hour always tanks. So if they so I don't feel like they could necessarily put on a third hour on Wednesdays, but it's just a little worrisome. And you know, my wife says that I always look at the worst possible scenario. And <laughs> I think that prepares me for whatever I have to deal with. But yeah, that's my first worry is that time slot is not as attractive as you know perhaps some others would be. So here's my second thing. Tony Khan and his team need to make Rampage must watch television. The main storylines need to weave through that broadcast. It can't be a second show that is like a second coming of dark. It, it can't be that. It's got to be a, a main show if it's going to drive ratings. I'm sure that they'll do that, but I'm just saying now, like, that's got to be done, right? Now, you are you do deeper dives on this stuff than myself, so let me ask you. I don't know if it's been mentioned in any of the press releases Dark and Elevation will still stay as is in general? Yeah, there's there was no announcement about Dark and Elevation going away. In fact, they said in the stories, they said that it's adding to their existing lineup, which includes Dark Elevation, Dark Dynamite. Interesting. Okay. They certainly have the roster for it, but that is a lot of wrestling to put forward in a week. Yeah, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday now. The only night they didn't hit is Thursday, and of course that's because Impact owns that night, as they have told us. John, is there things that you're thinking about that AEW must do to help with this second show? And and by thinking about that, I'm thinking about some of the shows that that we've had in the past, the second shows, the Smackdowns, the Thunders. What things have you thought in the past that they those shows have done right and have done wrong that AEW should learn from here? Yeah, certainly. It seems whenever you talk about AEW, what comes up is don't make the mistakes WCW made. I'm sure we will get the maybe that very first show, we will get some celebrity involvement, something that makes it, oh, we got to tune in on Friday and see. But hopefully they don't go to the well again with Mike Tyson. They bring somebody in that's going to draw. Don't go too heavy on that. Don't go heavy on the celebrity involvement because it's not going to be maintainable. And wrestling fans of a certain age immediately start to cringe and think of David Arquette. So right. stay away from that. It will be the B show, quote unquote, but let's not let it be where the elite is on dynamite. And then we'll throw Nakazawa on there just to remind everybody that the elite are running the show. Don't make it a painfully obvious B show. I think what you're, this is how I summarize this in, uh, in my notes. Sure. Rampage is the second show just by nature of the fact that dynamite came first rampage is the second show, but it cannot be a second rate show. That's the difference. So when you talk about the celebrities and the title defenses and the stipulation matches like blood and guts, we should see the same frequency of that stuff on Rampage that we do on Dynamite. Sure. And I think the the only thing that has me worried that may not happen is that, look, the 10 o'clock slot on a Friday, 
the ratings are are probably way less important in that slot. Sure. AEW is going to be fixated on making sure dynamite ratings stay really high. So I could see a scenario where they get focused on the creative in that for that particular show and that this show becomes a second thought. And it, I'm saying I, I don't think it can do that. They can't do that. They have to maintain yeah. that on both shows. Yeah. They, maybe they could give themselves a little uh, extra juice for that show if they do one of the things that WCW, I feel, did do well. And, okay, so your TNT championship is uh, presumably going to become your TBS championship. So do away with the TNT name, even though that's where Rampage is. It's going to be on TNT? That's right. Okay. But create, let's say, a television title. Use it as the story, the buildups happen on Dark and Elevation. And then the title, have a title match, because I don't see Lance Archer, Miro, I don't see them doing weekly open challenges and whatnot. That was good for Cody as a gimmick early on. It was good when Darby realized he was never defending. So he, you know, had a little run there, but I don't see that coming from the big hosses. Create a television championship, put that on Rampage and let there be a title shot or some buildup, some exciting match around that title every week. And is it a situation where on Dynamite they have a match that determines the match on yeah, Friday? Absolutely. Right? Like for instance, the Friday night dynamite that's coming up. We know it's Dante Martin versus Miro. Now Dante Martin appears to be pulled out of obscurity yeah. to be the lamb they are leading to slaughter <laughs> here. But they could have had a match somewhere along the line that said, okay, Dante Martin's going to face Jungle Boy, and he got a great win over Jungle Boy, so now he's going to face Miro. They could do something like that. Just the big thing is, I think we, we summarize. I think it summarized well is that it's the second show, but it can't be second rate and when I think about the Thunders and when I think about SmackDown, man, it's still here all these years later. And so something right got done there. And perhaps it was the brand split. Perhaps that drove interest to SmackDown that might not have always been there before. Thunder is a different story. Thunder was, it was, it started live. They actually drew great big, huge crowds in the beginning, but then eventually travel and finances and things got involved and thunder then moved to sometimes live sometimes taped right and then it moved to fully taped and then it moved to taped right after nitro goes off the air so as times got tough then that thing got squeezed more and more rampage needs i think rampage needs to feel like its own show and hopefully it has the success of smackdown Wade Keller wrote in 2017, looking back about at Thunder, he said, you could, in way, you could in a way call this the beginning of the end. I'm not sure what the turning point was, but Thunder is probably as good of a turning point you could pick out in terms of WCW making a pretty rapid ascension and then a some, somewhat slow, ominous decline, and then the cliff. Thunder was kind of the cliff. So I don't think he's talking about the launch of Thunder. He might be talking about watching Thunder kind of the the different iterations it went to you see what was happening in wcw rampage i think has a great shot because i think so many people trust AEW so much and make good on our trust (laughs) yeah and that's that's the one thing that AEW has right now is that the way they're not focusing on the 10 year olds in the crowd 
they're focusing the, the on the 30 and 40 year olds who have been wrestling fans their whole life. They always give you those little throwbacks to remind you of the good old days and whatnot. And they're just the booking so far has really been pretty good. So we trust them. And going forward, I think they'll do the right things here. Uh, but if I can make one more on the do's and don'ts list. Yeah. I don't know whether or not he'll be involved with it necessarily, but if Paul White is involved with that show in any way, shape, or form, don't listen to him when he says a face and heel turns every other week are a good thing. It may have worked for his Hall of Fame career, but not a good thing in general. Yes, he switched back and forth more often than uh, face and heel more often than he switched his underwear. Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all of this said, I think I you know, presented a negative side of this. This is a positive story. This is a great thing. And I guess this is mental preparation of, I've said the things that I think they need to do. I'm sure they're not listening to me. It's a matter of, these are the things that when I look at wrestling, and I've watched wrestling for a very long time, and I've seen the shotgun Saturday nights, I've seen the Sunday night heats, I've seen superstars and main event and all these other shows, 205 Live. I've seen all these shows come and not necessarily succeed and to a lesser degree even nxt i would say wwe launched smackdown and that was wildly successful and to this date as of right now i don't think they've replicated that with nxt in terms of if you look at ratings metrics and things like that so it's not an easy thing to do Certainly. to spin off another show we can't just say hey brand loyalty all the fans that are watching raw are going to go watch nxt yeah so aw's got a million people thereabouts watching dynamite it does not mean that they're going to have a million people watching rampage so they got to work hard good luck i'm not doing anything friday nights at 10 so i'll be there (laughs) yeah prepare for the bad bask in the good that's right all right that said i think that that was our main topic for today we have a bunch of other news though to get into including the, the will osprey vacancy the nxt releases there's a bunch of other stuff coming up after the break First, let me tell you how you can support The Daily Wrestling News Show. If you love The Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Maheffi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This 
is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, shameless plugs are over. Let's get back into the news. So, as of this morning, just released, and I'm wearing Will Ospreay's shirt, Ariel Assassin. He sustained a neck injury on May 4th. He's going to be forced to vacate the world championship. New Japan has not come out with what they are going to do next in terms of the world title picture. It's up in the air. But Travis and I will probably dig into that more deeply on Tuesday. Yeah, this is just terrible news. You hope this is one of those things where it's not, he's never going to be the same again. Hopefully he makes a full recovery and then makes a run back at that title because there were just, there was so much, so much good stuff coming down the line for him. I've only seen maybe a hand, not even a handful of his matches, but jaw droppers every time. I was very much looking forward to his run and hopefully it will resume somewhere down the line. And as to what they're going to do to uh, do with the heavyweight title, I will very much look forward to seeing what you and Travis come up with, because I'm sure you'll have a eight man tournament picked out or something like that. And you guys will do the deep dive. The interesting thing about this is that Will Ospreay, I think, was very important to New Japan's plans as they expand out of Japan. They've got a lot of work that they're doing to build up in the U.S. market and even in New Zealand and Australia and England, Will Ospreay is an English-speaking talent, and they don't have a whole ton of those around. So I think that he was critical to those plans and that this is somewhat of a setback. So I think they're going to have to be very creative in what they do, especially since they were just getting things rolling with Strong. Strong was gaining momentum and stuff, and I think they're looking at that as a very important property. So... Best of luck, New Japan. We'll be talking about this a lot over the next few days. And I assume, hopefully by Tuesday, they have released some more news about what they're going to do. But if not, Travis and I will have our thoughts for sure. So NXT released a whole bunch of people yesterday. Here is the list as I know it. Vanessa Bourne, Kavita Devi, Jasmine Duke, Ezra Judge, Skylar Story, Drake Wirtz, Jake Clemens, and Alexander Wolf. Obviously, the biggest name on the list is Alexander Wolf, John. He just basically got written off television on what Tuesday? Yeah, that 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 must have been. I you wonder if he knew it was coming. He had the he walked out of the the video call with Walter two weeks ago. He got a beat down this week, and then he got told to hit the bricks. You feel bad for him, but um, I'm sure he'll pop up somewhere. Yeah, 100%. And he said, he went to Twitter and he said, just for the record, my WWE contract will expire on June 15th. That means I'm a free agent on June 16th. I have a lot in my head right now, so let's keep it short. Thank you, WWE NXT, WWE for six years, and bye-bye. So as Alexander Wolf, a, a really important talent. Nikki Cross went on uh, Twitter and she thanked him for the time that they spent together in Sanity. Same thing with Killian Dane, Nikki Cross's husband. And so he's a very important talent. He's got a friend over in Impact, but of course he's from Germany. So be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. Now also on the list was Drake Wirtz. And Drake is was at one point the lead referee at NXT. And there's a whole bunch of drama around Drake. He has apparently had heat with the locker room for over a year, dating back to as late as 
the In Your House pay-per-view they had last year. And if you're interested in that, I would go ahead and Google it. It's out there. But essentially, Drake was bringing some of his political and religious beliefs into the locker room, and it was offending a lot of people. So there you go. That's your story on Drake. Now, referee Jake Clemens was also let go, and he went to Twitter, and he said, thank you. And then immediately, Absolute Intense Wrestling announced his return to the promotion on June 18th. So Jake Clemens is already finding work. Good for you, Jake. Ezra Judge says, I may be down, but never out. Bent, but not destroyed. The grind continues. Built for this. I didn't come this far just to come this far. Until next time, thank you all. Love you all. I'll be back. So positive message coming from Ezra Judge. It's good to see these people when they're looking at the upside of things and opportunities. Brandy Lauren says, I don't know what to say right now other than thank you. And Vanessa Bourne did a little video on Twitter. Basically what she said was, she thanked the fans for their kind words over the years. She tells the internet trolls to be nice, and it shouldn't be that hard to be decent human beings to people you don't even know. She's excited for the next chapter, but she is disappointed that she never got to wrestle zombies. Now, that's dripping in sarcasm, so <laughs> thank you for what, you, what it is. But it's good to see the NXT people that are getting let go are mostly positive and I think well-connected enough to find new work. Certainly, yeah, yeah. And it seems like when you get that WWE PC training, you've got a step ahead of anybody who went to it's it's not, not to poo poo local wrestling schools, but there just seems to be a different shine from the people who get that PC center, that performance center training. Look at Deanna. She, they, they couldn't find anything for her in NXT. And she's running the show over at Impact. They probably focus a lot more in WWE on the television aspect of it, preparing somebody for television. Yes, of course they do all the in-ring training and stuff, but WWE is specifically a television company, as opposed to an indie school, which might not necessarily be training you for television. So when you see an NXT PC person get let go and then appear on Impact, like Deanna, like you're saying, Deanna's an excellent wrestler, and she had all that television training. Yeah, good point. AEW Full Gear is headed to St. Louis on November 6th. So Full Gear, already have a date announcement for that. That's interesting, out there in St. Louis. At least we know there'll be a crowd. <laughs> That's a big positive. That was one of the things that I forgot to mention on uh, Show 100 of... It, it, it seemed almost too easy, so I skipped over it on my list. What's that thing you want to see in the next five months? And, and I, I, full, full buildings. I want to yeah. see fans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, here's an interesting story. A WWE not known for tag team wrestling. Of course, they've always had tag team divisions. Of course, they've always had some great tag teams. But they never really have been the focus of the company. But in any case, starting on June 2nd, WWE is doing a limited series for Peacock, naming the top 50 tag teams of all time. So John DeConi, who's number one? Okay. Yeah. You have to understand I come at this from a Northeast biased. Biased. Okay. okay. I grew up where there was a little AWA on ESPN at weird hours that I would stumble across occasionally. 
But unless I was down uh, the shore at my grandfather's house, who my father didn't watch wrestling, didn't care about wrestling. Grandpa watched some wrestling and he was in that South Jersey market where they pull in a little bit of Philly stations. But until Nitro, I was basically WWF centric and that was it. So my list is going to be heavily weighted in that direction. And there's (laughs) no recency bias here because I have the perspective of these older teams. So having not seen half of the Road Warriors career, I know they, they are the standard bearer, but at the top of my list, it's going to be the Dudleys. And it's going to be like one and one A, Dudleys, yeah. and then the Road Warriors right below them. But I'm going to be the, it's going to be the Dudleys for me. Uh, that's a great pick. The Dudleys, I, honestly, they were not the team I thought of, and they should have been a team that I thought of. I have Demolition on the top of my list. And it's interesting I say that because I know it's probably a good chance they might not even make the top 50 for WWE <laughs> because of <laughs> yeah. uh, lawsuits and things that are going in there. But it's the way I would describe my bias here, because I clearly have one, is that Demolition was only around for three or four years or whatever. But it's when I was watching wrestling at my youngest. Sure. So I'd always, since I've known wrestling, I knew them. And even though they were only around for that short period of time, I've been a fan of them for all these years. Whereas there's teams that have come since then that as far as in-ring work goes, blow them out of the water. The demolition punched and kicked and clotheslined and stuff. That's about it. And the same can be said for a lot of people, but but they just they have it for me in my head. So for, for me, that's where I would rank them as way up there. And when I think of the other teams that are probably going to be in WWE's top 10 list, I'm thinking of, yes, the Heart Foundation, the New Age Outlaws, the New Day, the Usos, maybe the Rockers, maybe the Brain Busters. Even though the Brain Busters were a one-year team in WWE, they have a legacy that WWE owns the intellectual property for, so maybe they'll consider that too. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I would be very surprised if the Road Warriors weren't number one on this list. They didn't have a huge WWF run. They had three or four different ones. None of them extraordinarily memorable but their stuff that they did in crockett and below before they got wwf that's where they really made their name yeah that's where they made tag team wrestling main event worthy anyone who has been a tag team wrestler for the majority of their career and has had a good career and has made their living off that and is wealthy now because of wrestling as tag team wrestler they owe a debt of gratitude to the road warriors no doubt because they made tag team wrestling cool yeah so you had brought up the dudleys and it's hard to talk about the dudleys without talking about edge and christian and hardys sure so in that top 10 i wouldn't be surprised to see all three of those teams yeah plus the road warriors maybe you get new age outlaws or something in there too a lot of AEW talent we're talking about though so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how how far they'll expose those groupings so yeah, so Edge and Christian from Al Carl, of course. Yep, that's what we Yep. It'll be interesting. Is this going to be the top 50 WWF, or are we going to see in the top five of the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the top 10, 15, are we going to see the Freebirds? Since they didn't really have runs in the WWF, it'll be interesting to see how inclusive they are. Yeah, I always think that when they do these lists, they're going to consider everything they own which will include those properties, but you can't say for sure. 
but yeah, I, the team you won't see in there is the Young Bucks. You're not going to see them. <laughs> they don't even exist. Good, good point. Very good time frame. So there we go. And then next week we had dynamite last night. We haven't even talked about dynamite from last night. And I think that's all right. A lot can, a lot happened. AEW's news was certainly more pertaining to the television show, but next week on dynamite, there's a whole bunch of stuff that got announced Miro versus Dante Martin for the TNT championship. The, the one title match they have next week, Joey Janela versus Adam page, the weigh-in of Cody and Anthony Agogo, Jade Cargill's open challenge, a celebration of the inner circle, Uno and Grayson versus Sky and Paige. Orange Cassidy answers Kenny Omega on whether or not he will vacate his spot in the championship match, double or nothing. And then a special announcement about the buy-in. So a busy week next Friday for Dynamite because it's not going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday when it normally is. So plenty going on with AW next week. John, anything major out of the show last night that you want to bring up as uh, particularly newsworthy? No, not particularly newsworthy, just particularly entertaining. The, the, the line of the night came right during the first match when JR was explaining how Christian and his long legs helped him get out of a particular move. Christian goes 6'2", 6'3", and Taz piped up. Yeah, I think he's about 6'2". He's about an inch taller than me. <laughs> that, that was my chuckle for the evening right out of the gate if taz is standing on a ladder christian <laughs> is one inch taller but yeah everything about dynamite is setting up for double or nothing which is coming up very soon we did have a match announcement two match announcements in fact we are going to have the young bucks versus kingston and moxley and we are going to have what was the other match that was announced miro and archer miro and archer is announced also sting and darby versus page and sky yes so, now, Al Carl chimed in just after we finished talking about the tag teams with a tag team that we may have forgotten, and that is Sasha and Bailey. I could see them making the top 10, not top 10 or so. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. There's such a wealth of tag teams to talk about, but yes, we definitely did forget Sasha and Bailey. So tip of the cap to Al Carl. Absolutely. Tonight, we have more wrestling going on tonight. We, on Impact, there is Finn Juice defending the tag titles against Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. This is on Impact, along with Kiara Hogan versus Neil Dashwood and Rohit Raju versus Jake Something. On NXT UK, we have A-Kid defending the Heritage Cup against Tyler Bate in the Supernova Sessions with Ilya Dragunov. And on Dark Side of the Ring tonight, it's the Collision in Korea. This is a New Japan WCW mashup show that they did years ago the biggest attendance ever for a pro wrestling event. So should be an interesting take from dark side of the ring tonight, John, anything about tonight's lineups in all of those, that's really got your eye that you're most looking forward to. Yeah. It's something that you gloss right over. And it is very unlike you because you are the newsman. When the swing man is getting in the ring, that's newsworthy. Okay. So we've got Swinger <laughs> and Hernandez versus triple XL on BTI tonight. Don't miss it. Don't you dare miss that. <laughs> Johnny Swinger and Hernandez. That's the tag team I never thought we'd need. <laughs> Just can't see these things coming. All right. Well, that's pretty much our show for the day. John, I don't have trivia for you, so you win either way. It's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I already got my one uh, bite at the apple earlier this week and, and botched it, so it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, very good. So it's a full uh, three-way tie. You, Al Carl, and John Smith all have one point this month, so very good. All right. Like I said, that's our show. John, anything else we didn't cover in the world of wrestling today? 
No, I think we did it soup to nuts as always, sir. All right. For John, I'm Ryan, and we will see you on Monday. Yeah.